0: I'm Daniel. My pronouns are he and him. I'm Robert, and my pronouns are also he and him.
1: And And this this is Grizzly Kiki. Kiki. This is Jackie Huba, a.k.a. Leading Trinity with Drag Out the Vote. Drag Out the Vote is an organization that registers voters and gets them to the polls with the help of drag queens from across the country. We've got a lot of events coming up, so you're going to see us out registering voters all over. If you want to check your voter registration to make sure you're registered, go to
0: dragoutthevote2020.org. Or go to a link on our social media, which is at Vote on Instagram and Twitter. Make sure you're registered. Go grab three of your friends. Make sure they're registered. And follow us to help us get out the vote and bring us to the polls.
1: How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing really well.
0: It's been a great week. It has been. It has. You know, I had therapy this past Friday
1: and I had nothing to complain about. I rescheduled my therapy appointment for tomorrow because wow. like I had nothing to talk about. either. Wow. <laughs> We're living our best lives. <laughs> well, it's not even that. I just like, and it's, it's because sometimes I, you know, kind of rationalize it by saying, oh, well, but I'm spending this money for this session, but I don't really have anything to, it's not necessarily complain about. It's more like talk through. Hmm. So I've decided that I can also take, um, A little more control over my appointments because it's okay with my therapist to, you know, shift around sessions as long as they're, you know, like at the designated date and time. Like, you know, we're not veering from that, but um oh
0: so you're you're rescheduling for a week from
1: from your next from, appointment, y- yeah same day same time exactly so that time. so that i can have some more time to think because we kind of opened up some things on our in our last session um not opened up but like we were talking about some things that i've been stressed about and i'm still um i feel better about them but i still wanted to kind of think about them a little more
0: hmm. um
1: instead of like scrambling for something
0: yeah.
1: i um i think i mentioned on a previous episode
0: that i'm I'm a little tired of talking about other people. Um and for the first time uh I asked if we could dig into my childhood and I guess I sort of real I it, it was one of the one of the other moments where I was like, "Oh, this is working. Like this is actually really working." Because we started talking about a particular instance in my childhood that is still traumatic for me and um <clears throat> it sort of left me feeling like i already possess the tools to navigate around it because it's a a, it's an it's a thing that happened when i was like 10 or 11 that my mom loves to jokingly bring up like it's Mm -hmm. nothing and so i i it was it was talking about it to my therapist where i realized oh you've already given me the tools to deal with this should it Mm -hmm. come up again or you have them I don't, As know, well. I don't know that I necessarily... I think she, like, woke them up. Mm. But I do think my... I think yeah. therapy is working.
1: Oh, it. I mean, it. yeah. I, I've noticed a change in you, actually. Quite, like, there's been a significant change in terms of how you deal with things and talk about things. It's a little more, um, I think, self-assured in your own feelings about things, yeah. which is really important, I think. Um, but I, I think that therapy is really important because it does awaken things in you that... I mean it, it awakens good things and bad things unfortunately, but I think it also shows you that basically everything you need, like you've got, not to be preachy about it or whatever, but it really um like you're doing the work. Like a lot of people feel like you're going into therapy to get fixed, but it's like no, we're all capable of fixing ourselves. It's just that you're given a a very neutral platform and person to like share your feelings with see i'm one
0: of those people who thought i was going to go into therapy and there was going to be a formula like oh you Mm -hmm. know like kind of like therapy mad libs in Mm -hmm. a way and that's totally not how it worked and this this last session was the first time i realized oh i i am changing through this process Mm -hmm. and it's helping me reassess all of these things that uh that are happening so i was one of those people who Mm -hmm. thought uh, I was going to walk into therapy, and they were going to be like, uh, "Well, this is the this is a tu- we can do a tune up for you. Uh, we <laughs> can rotate your tires like? for you." Mm-hmm. Like, I just
1: didn't I didn't understand
0: what the process was like. Essentially, yeah.
1: well, I think, and so. and that I think comes from you know we've talked about it before. Is this like stigma and also tons of misinformation that's just constantly put out yeah. about uh therapy, health, yeah. you know, and, and mental health. And yeah. like I think I think, you know, tides are changing and they have been changing for the past few years, but I still think that there is a, a huge stigma and, you know, level of embarrassment surrounding mental health. And on top of that, you know, people are like, oh, therapists are kooks and this and that. And it's like it's it's really just understanding how to talk to people. Yeah. I mean, however you want, it's good for you. And you know however long you need it you should do it but i don't think that i mean rather i think that people need to look past what they're being told about therapy and like if they feel they want to try it they should just try it even if it's one session yeah you know
0: yeah i agree um i just uh i remember you and i talking because you and i were talking about it after my session like this last session and because we're doing teletherapy Mm -hmm. We're not physically going to see a therapist, and so we had this moment where we we're like, "Are we missing? Is like, is there a component missing because we're doing teletherapy?" And I don't think it's that at all. I just think that we're maybe. Uh, I mean, at least speaking for myself, I think I'm happier now than I've been in uh, in a couple of years, mm-hmm. and I like it. Yeah, it's I'm kind nice. of into
1: riding this wave. I of like happiness. being comfortable when I'm doing teletherapy. I think that's the biggest thing that I have enjoyed having done like you know traditional like in-person therapy for a few years is that there's like the getting there and i was always very conscious of where i was yeah. and like i feel that it's <clears throat> for certain sessions when i was doing therapy back then it was much more um I was putting a lot of pressure on myself and like you know expecting every session to be this like <gasps> you know amazing moment and it's sometimes it is just you complaining about your day and then yeah. maybe learning how to deal with it better or to, you know, relieve stress. But, um, it like knowing that, like, oh, I can, like, take a nice hot shower before my session, put on some jammies, you know, hop into bed and get on my phone. And I'm like in my environment, it's comfortable, it's something I'm familiar with. And then I'm just, you know, talking to my therapist's face. I yeah. think it's, um, it, it actually has allowed me to be a little more or rather a little less um, guarded mm-hmm. I would say interesting mm-hmm.
0: yeah um, I'm curious to to see how things progress from from here uh, assuming that there isn't something that comes up in the next couple of weeks that uh, because I you know I have a regular like every other week schedule with my therapist so assuming something doesn't come up um, I'm just curious to see where where we where we take things next yeah um, do we want to move on and talk about this movie we watched?
1: Yeah. Speaking of therapy. Uh,
0: <laughs> well, so, okay. And I, I, think, I think we're going to do this. Like, we haven't really decided whether we're, like, ap- absolutely going to do the episode about, uh, like, Oscar bait. Because the Oscars are a week from Sunday, basically. Hmm. So that's one of the episodes that we we talked about. Mm-hmm. I mean, we should probably have this conversation off the mic, yeah. but I would love to do an episode about Oscar Bait. Mm-hmm. Um specifically, not not specifically uh related to this, but I do feel like I do feel like uh there was a bait and switch
1: with this particular film. See, I don't believe you. I mean, I- <laughs> wow. I don't agree with you. No, everything you're saying is a lie um well what we're talking about is parasite yes. which is a korean film um and i think we should try our best to be spoiler free oh yeah i was just gonna, yeah. it's, it's a it's a korean film um that people have it's weird when i first read about this movie they the the reviewer or the article about it I can't remember what it was said that you know if you have seen uh ready or not which we've talked about the show and knives out which we've also talked about on the show that. <clears throat> you need to see Parasite. Okay. Because it like makes up the Trinity or whatever these movies. I mean, that was one person, but I uh-huh. I hadn't heard of the movie. I looked it up and I was like, oh, this looks good. And like watch the we watched the trailer. I don't think that it has any relation to those two movies, and that's, you know, kind of it in terms of that bit. But I I thought it was really good. Yeah, um, you really liked it. The the like it is a bait and switch, but I feel it, it it that it's a bait and switch in a really good way mm-hmm. because there really were some surprises in this movie and some really uncomfortable but thought provoking moments, mm-hmm. I think, um, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of, of, of class and, you know, things that, uh, mm-hmm. you know, maybe you're not supposed to hear because you shouldn't have been doing what you're doing in the first place. Um, I just thought it was amazing, beautifully shot. I thought the acting was spectacular because even though it wasn't a different language and we were watching it with subtitles, there were moments where just by kind of the look in, in, in the faces of some of the actors, I, I could feel the emotion behind what was going to be said. And then I thought, Oh, Oh yeah. Like, I probably could have gotten that without a subtitle. So I really enjoyed how, um, it's kind of universal in a way, this movie, you know, it's, it's not just about Korean class struggle. It's just, this is, you know, like I think relatable.
0: I would imagine that there are some similarities, but I definitely don't think that, uh, I definitely don't think that, uh, that there are so many similarities that, I don't know I just I felt like there was a a level of poverty that this family was living in that was like very not that it was extreme but I feel like anyway this is the thing that we talked about when the movie was over is that Mm -hmm. I feel like I don't understand it because I've never lived in an extreme level of poverty yeah there you go. Um, but what I, I want to talk about something really quickly. So the movie is still in theaters, but it is also available uh, on, uh, on several streaming, like for purchase on several mm-hmm. streaming uh, apps. We watched it on Amazon. Yeah. And I think there's something, th- something is off with the subtitles on Amazon. Just as a warning to anyone who wants to watch this movie, please do not watch it on Amazon. I would recommend... But aren't they
1: distributed like with their subtitles?
0: Apparently not. Oh. Because we watched, so before we rented the movie, we watched the trailer. And in the trailer, I mean, first of all, the trailer has yellow subtitles. And typically, those are the ones that are hard-coded to the movie. If there are oh, subtitles. when it's distributed hard-coded. to different markets. Exactly. Oh. And so the subtitles that appeared when we started watching the movie on Amazon were white.
1: Oh, and, like if you just turn them on.
0: Well, yes. Uh. But the, the difference, I think, is that these were maybe purchased from some or maybe they were written by someone or um someone who doesn't have uh like someone who didn't do a good job of translating from korean to english thinking of uh you know like colloquialisms or uh like mm. they there were they're just there were too many words and there were a couple of uh of words that were misspelled which is not not oh a, i didn't as even big. notice that the one that stood out for me was the word slobbering was spelled like slobbering with a v Oh. Which is not that big a deal because you get like, that's not even the the issue. The issue was that I feel like there were moments, the key moments of the film where the subtitles were translated improperly. And so that bothered me a little bit. But also we watched the trailer before we started the movie and there were whole scenes in the trailer where the subtitles were completely different in the movie. So again, I'm just, I, I'm, I'm putting out a warning. Do not rent this movie on Amazon I would recommend probably going to iTunes cuz I feel like they have a more streamlined distribution version of whatever the subtitles were. Hmm. Uh, I'm I'm also curious to see if watching it with uh with a different with the correct subtitles, I guess, would maybe make the movie a little bit more interesting for me. Hmm. Not that the movie wasn't interesting, I think all of the So all of the press that I'd seen before we saw the movie was uh, sort of calling it a horror movie. And so I went into it expecting that this was going to become some kind of, like, horror movie, essentially. Mm. And that's not what we got. No, it's much more all.
1: of a suspense. It's, 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 yeah, it's a thriller. It, yeah. Um, it's
0: absolutely a thriller. I definitely... Um, I see the points that it's making in terms of, like, class struggle and what you were saying earlier about things that you're not supposed to see or hear. Uh, and... I don't know, I, I guess I was just... The, the, the reason that I felt... So I didn't love the movie. I recognized that there were really great... Uh, there were really great performances by the actors in it. And I understand that even the cinematography and the the fact that, um, just like as a little piece of trivia, the the house that's that the movie takes place in, essentially, like the main uh, action in the movie takes place in this one house, that house was built specifically mm-hmm in a particular, uh, at a particular angle so that the filmmakers could get the correct, uh, like the lighting effect, lighting yeah. effects. Cause they and, used yeah.
1: natural light for most of it. And they exactly. like planned out, you know, with like stakes, like, um, Oh my God, like that scene and it's complicated. Yes. When, um, when she's getting the extension on her house, exactly. And, and, they, yeah. and it's all laid out. So they yeah. did that and then built it. I mean, I would never would have known.
0: So there, are, there are definitely <clears> really <throat> clever elements to the, to just the production end of this film and uh, I do think that the story is interesting. I just was expecting something completely different. I really don't know what I was expecting. Uh, and maybe, like I said, you know, I I think I was expecting something that I saw as sinister. And maybe, the, I mean, and maybe this is part of my privilege growing up is that what I ended up seeing in the film, it was sinister, but it was something that I'm like, oh, this is part of some people's realities. It's not something that is uh, like... That is sort of like not fantastical, but you
1: know, like fake, basically, like obviously fake. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean that this this could be plausible based on your situation.
0: That it is plausible. Yeah,
1: based on a lot of people's mm-hmm. situations currently. Yeah, that's yeah.
0: that's what that's what I came away with is that like this is this seems real mm-hmm. and like it could actually happen. So. I mean I, I think it also I think the film does do a really good job of of um not oversimplifying, but there's like a particular moment in the film that really I think captures class struggle. And it just it does a really good job uh-huh. of uh like almost like creating uh creating a gif or a meme of what that might look like or feel like or taste like it was just that there, was awful it just it was an awful scene it was awful to
1: watch but it and captured it amazing accurately. but just
0: uh yeah yeah so um yeah i don't i don't know if i would so the reason that we're talking about this movie now and not and i'm so excited is because i came away with it sort of with a bad taste in my mouth in a way mm-hmm. even though i
1: recognize that that this movie was an excellent effort mm-hmm it's one of the most uncomfortable things I've ever watched, and I think that's a good thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I almost hate to say it, but I feel like maybe I need to watch it again. Oh, I would watch this again. Okay, so I will watch it again with you if we can watch Midsummer as well. Oh yeah, I thought we were going to watch Midsummer. Wait, I've been asking you to, for us to watch Midsummer <sighs> again, and you, I
1: said, I said we would. It's it just, it, it is a bit. I do enjoy that movie. It's just a smidge tedious, like tiny, tiny tiny bit tedious but 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 we have to watch the director's cut yes because that's what miss toto said to watch but
0: also we watched hereditary twice and i didn't really care for that movie the first time and Mm -hmm. i really really enjoyed it the second time well you know maybe i'll enjoy parasite we should rent it from a different streaming platform and see if the subtitles are actually fun i want i mean okay you
1: you will be in charge of that because i don't you know sold but okay Good. Yeah.
0: We're supposed to watch a movie after we're done recording this podcast, so maybe that'll be it. Probably not though. No. The look on your face tells me it's not gonna no. be that. <laughs> okay. Um we're but before we take a break, uh we we wanted to provide some information with Puerto Rico Relief. And um and one of the organizations that um that we thought was a really, really great resource is called Taller Salud. And we heard about them on, uh, on the podcast Tea with Queen and Jay. They're excellent. Be sure to go subscribe to their podcast and listen to everything um, they have to offer. Dayer uh, Salud is particularly important because they have been around for 40 years. They actually celebrated their 40th uh, anniversary last year. And uh, if you go to their website, um, they have a video that outlines 40 reasons as to why they're important in in terms of uh, helping spread education, uh, spread knowledge and education to women about their reproductive rights uh, in Puerto Rico. And so they are doing a lot of work, a lot of relief work around this uh, earthquake that just took place in Puerto Rico. Um, and um, And, you know, given that Puerto Rico is barely has barely rebounded from Hurricane Maria. You know, it's really important that we continue to provide them support. So um, they're a really great organization. Uh, You can go to Taller Salud, which is T-A-L-L-E-R-S-A-L-U-D.com to check out, uh check out their um their mission statement and to donate to them. And uh at the very top of their website, because uh, their their website is in Spanish, but there is a button at the top of their website that says English. And so if you click on that, it's the entire website in English. Uh, so be sure to check them out and um and donate to them. Um, we also uh, we also donate to, we regularly donate to another organization. Yes,
1: so it's the the Hispanic Federation, which has also been around for a very long time. And the Hispanic Federation is not only its own organization, but it also um, pulls together resources from various organizations, organizations. Um, throughout the eastern corridor of the United States to provide um, educational resources, relief, you know, in, in this case for Puerto Rico, um, scholarships, you know, any number of, of services that um, the Hispanic communities in this area require and beyond. So they're an amazing organization. They did an incredible amount of very important work um, post-Hurricane uh, Maria and continue to do so. Um, so you can also head over to their website, which is hispanicfederation.org and you can donate there and also read more about what they do as well.
0: They're a really great organization. So there's there's a lot of um, they they do a really great job of of uh, spreading knowledge and and I want to say I get an email from them maybe like twice a week. Yeah. So it's they're they're doing you know not that the email is the whatever, but like they're obviously doing a really mm-hmm. great job of
1: um of of keeping engagement up. Yeah, so. they let you know in their newsletter like everything that they're doing, what the money goes towards. It's very transparent. Yeah, which is great. Uh, So
0: we're going to take a break, but when we come back, we just watched the movie Judy, and it left us wanting to talk about something really important. So stick around. We'll be right back. Oh hi it's me Robert and I have a question do you shop on Amazon if so you can be a supporter of our show just go to grizzlykiki.com and click the Amazon button in our menu anytime you shop on Amazon using our link we'll get a small commission on everything you buy and it's free there's no cost to you as the money comes out of Amazon's pocket not yours so bookmark it use it and every time you buy from Amazon you'll be helping us keep the kiki going we're back, and we just finished watching the movie Judy, which, uh, okay, which was sold to us as a biopic about Judy Garland.
1: Tisk, tisk tisk. Uh
0: And after watching it, we found out that it was based on a play that was on Broadway called End of the Rainbow. Mm-hmm. Uh, which which we both heard about. Which we had both heard about. Uh, and that play is sort of a, like a... a like an offshoot of a play that was written about a fictional, uh, like a, um, what is this a called? A fictional,
1: like-, uh, like fading Hollywood star. Yeah. And I guess
0: the producer or the writer, someone like the, the, the audiences that were seeing the play were imagining that it was being that it, the story that was being told was about Judy Garland, and so the playwright decided to take that and run with it mm-hmm. and ended up creating this other play called End of the Rainbow, which is
1: basically a like a composite of different things that happened in her life, but right. kind of mushed together and so there's um there's a lot of um historical anachronisms. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Very it excited is. About that word. But yes, um it, yeah, it's just it, it's historically anachronistic in terms of its like presentation. Yes.
0: So and that's not to say that the movie is bad. Uh I just Okay, so there are lots of things that came out of it. Uh do we want to start with what we thought of the movie?
1: So, okay. I I thought it was really good. But no, not but I thought it was really good. However, I thought that what was really amazing about it was Renee Zellweger's performance because I definitely had a birdcage moment when I was watching that, which was uh the moment when um when Armand goes, I didn't know John Wayne walked that way. Mm. That's that was what, but so there was that, but it was so. Whoever she was, <laughs> whoever Renee Zellweger was, I bought it because it was like, she just like melted into this new person yeah. and it was in- effective. I think it communicated the um, emotional and, and physical trauma, you know, in terms of all the pills that Judy Garland had shoved down her throat growing up and you know, the fact that she died at 47 from a barbiturate overdose, but she actually had not overdosed, which is the like sad part. It was just yeah. that she had had so many drugs put into her system, you know by people at the studios and then of her own volition that her body was just like drenched in it, and so it just gave up yeah, um which is terribly sad, so I think that she did an amazing job at it. I know that you know some of her some critics have. Um you know said that the that she was like overacting and that it was far too affected, but I enjoyed that because it it did its job mm-hmm. I think, and it it made up for a lot of the other shortcomings of the movie right i think so i I really like that, but you know talk about a bait and switch um after reading about that you know reading about that stuff after watching the movie it has kind of made me change my mind just a smidgen about the whole thing as a a whole but well i mean i think there's a
0: bigger conversation that maybe needs to be had about biopics in general and how Mm -hmm. a lot of people go into biopics thinking that they're documentaries and i know that we have this conversation a lot when we talk to favi about the movie selena and how a lot of us grew up thinking that movie was a documentary and it's not it's not it leaves out a lot of things that uh that I personally that make me angry because she would still be alive if we you know, if maybe she wasn't part of a family that didn't believe in blood transfusions. Mm-hmm. So you know, there there are elements like that, that are that are taken out and they're strategic for mm-hmm. the purposes of winning awards. Yes and that's and for where pulling at heartstrings. Pulling at heartstrings, at things at things at like heartstrings but yes, more specifically I think. Because I think that the the goal of winning an award is that you then have this film that is the the highly coveted film of the time, and the movie gets a re-release, and mm-hmm. all of this money like just falls into people's yeah. laps. Um, and that's kind of where I want to go with our Oscar bait conversation mm. eventually. Uh, but specifically for me, I okay, so I don't have a lot of. Uh, I don't have a lot of experience with Judy Garland specifically. To me, Judy Garland is Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz. That's essentially my experience with her. And occasionally a drag queen doing a Judy Garland impersonation. That's basically, those are my reference points when it comes to Judy Garland. So to me, seeing this movie and seeing this um, like grotesque version of Judy Garland that I'm not familiar with.
1: Although based on the photos, like this is what it was, right that's the yeah, I'm not saying it's I don't inaccurate. think you'd seen them, I'd seen them, right, yeah, well, and I'm not
0: saying it's inaccurate, I'm saying I am not used to seeing Judy Garland in this light mm-hmm. so for me, that was strange, and then to find out that this was all you know like there were a lot of liberties taken there was this was a work of essential essentially historical fiction mm-hmm. um that was sort of annoying i wish i'd known that before
1: yeah going into the movie I, it's
0: not that it's a bad movie i just wish i'd uh-huh. known that before watching it because i was prepared to be given some historical accuracy some of it
1: well a lot of there was i mean there were a lot of historical accuracies based on you know what we were both i think respectively reading about after watching the movie but like e- even even you know this uh uh The the show that was basically you know the building was kind that the the building that the the movie was like structured around Mm -hmm. was well okay this is going to be a spoiler but it it was successful it was not well what was depicted well one of the things that we
0: haven't mentioned is so this movie this movie is about Judy Garland's last year of her life yeah Mm -hmm. and so there is a concert that she did. It wasn't during her last year of her. It was. It was. During it was. Last it was in uh,
1: the beginning of 1969.
0: Oh, I had read that it was in 67, I think. But maybe uh-huh. I'm mixing things up. So there is an actual concert that she did in the last year of her life that was incredibly successful. Mm-hmm. And then I think two or three years before that, there was a concert she did in Australia where on the third night of... Uh, she she was like an hour late something went wrong and essentially what they did was they combined these two instances to create essentially the story of the movie and so uh i wasn't so much bothered by that i understand that you you know for the sake of time you sort of have to combine different experiences of someone Mm -hmm. when you're telling a biopic i just thought we were going into something that was going to give me a little more context for her as a person yeah and it yeah. didn't do that at all. So that was the thing for, for me. I thought Renee was Renee Zellweger was oh, yeah. she melted into this mm-hmm. role. You didn't know this was Renee Zellweger.
1: It was it was just see, and she's been able to do that because there was that terrible show on Netflix. Yes. <laughs> that she was, was what if she was a mate, like mm-hmm. terrible character, like just a, an awful person in terms of a character, but like she like she was that that you know that person. Um, but I could tell that was Renee Zellweger. Exactly. She, okay. again, she melted into this. Like I said, yeah. I, and what, what I would, considering that I don't think, because I looked, I think I looked for this, is that this is the only movie like this that has been made about Judy Garland. I right? Think there've, I think there have been a couple of TV movies. Like, but nothing like on this scale that. No, I don't think yeah. so. So I think that her performance would have been. Better utilized in something that was a little more that had a wider scope that not not because I think the last year is very it's very interesting because okay. Judy Garland was doing everything she could and that you know to to work and to pay off her debts and to you know do as as best she could I mean she didn't end up doing it because Liza Minelli ended up taking charge of that after she passed away and it took yeah. her nine years to pay off all of her mom's debts um but um i think that it would have had a better like you know everybody reads something you know when you're done watching a movie right so i think that it would have held up a little better a much better actually if it had just you know looked at this last year of her life as it actually happened and she did have some triumphs during the last year of her life so why not Mm -hmm. celebrate those and use flashbacks of Unfortunate things that happened, you you know. Even like Hmm. going back to her childhood too. Like, try and be faithful because her story is already one that is just based in fact is really terrible. Yeah, and unfortunate, right? And so we've already got that. And one of the things I thought after we watched this was like, why do do we have to do this to her all over again? Yeah, you know, like not not in sense of a movie, but like. even if, like you said, you're not a uh, uh, familiar with Judy like later in life. I mean, neither am I. But everybody knows her story, at least the like skeleton of it. You know? Yeah. So I don't know. I I, I think her performance would have been much more important in a movie that was a little more faithful.
0: That captured a little more of the reality of the reality. Yeah. I mm-hmm. see. Um, I also had an issue with the um. With the, the, the actor they chose to play her as a child, because I thought that she looked nothing like Judy Mm-mm. Garland. Uh, so, which, I mean, I'm sure that that's insignificant in terms of the story, but mm-hmm. it meant something to me to look at the one reference I do have and be like, who is that? Mm hmm. You know? Um, but it got me thinking. So it got me thinking about all of all of these things, all of these these people, all of these movies, like all of this media, essentially that we are told as as young gay people, we are told that it is important to know who Judy Garland is. It's, we're told that it's important to know um, who Liza Minnelli is, like all of mm-hmm. these things, and how Judy just never made it into the like the the culture like the media that i consumed mm-hmm. when i was i guess like you know learning to be gay if you want to call it like that i call hate it. i hate that
1: term it's, so t- it's much. a terrible term i hate there's it no
0: one way to there's yeah. no one way to be be a person yeah
1: and 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 like so what what came of this like robert said is that we were talking about so basically that every oh you must see judy you mu- it is so important you must watch it yes it is important. It was very good. We just talked about that, but it's also like <laughs> applying that kind of like, like you know, it's required. Um, the immediacy of it, and, the, yeah. And the like, fact that yeah, you will be less gay, maybe if oh, you my God, don't. I have... know, like, oh, you don't. You didn't listen to Madonna's latest single. Oh, gay card revoked. Things like that, which yeah, are right. are to me kind of up there with terms like gold star gay, uh, platinum gay, which I. Found out about quite recently, which is really fucking stupid. But it's up there with things like that. Well,
0: that you know that takes things that goes to
1: directly to misogyny. Like well, exactly, do not pass go yeah, go directly but it's, to misogyny. But it's kind of it's things. one of these things that I think can go into the into the garbage because absolutely, like knowing who Judy Garland is and watching Judy or not watching Judy is not going to make me any more or less gay, <laughs> and that that because. Girl, it's in here. Um, <laughs> it's that <laughs> what I what I what I think bothered. Sorry, I didn't mean to. No, go ahead. Is that it's it's like these things that are almost uh, what are you calling it, like gen ed requirements? Mm-hmm. Um, is that yes, they are important to know about. You should know about Judy Garland's legacy as somebody who was. Uh, liberal at a time when you weren't supposed to be a democrat through and through she advocated for civil rights when no you know when other people were not where it wasn't fashionable to do that yeah you know and you know the fact that you know her death you know drove drove people to stonewall to celebrate her life because gay people embraced her yes all that very important oh can i stop you right there
0: because you just hit the nail on the head for me with what you just said. So my entire life, I have been told that people were at Stonewall mourning the death of Judy Garland and that that is what led to the Stonewall Riots. When That's not what happened. When, yes, that is what people were doing at the Stonewall Mm -hmm. Inn. However, what led to the Stonewall Riots was the arrest of Stormy Mm Delavery, who was a... I'm still not sure whether... We can say that they were male or female. I feel like, you know. They were a person. They were a person somewhere on the gender (laughs) spectrum. A queer person. A queer person. A queer black person Mm -hmm. specifically who was being arrested and essentially was it was seen by their their friends who were Marsha P. Johnson and Sylvia Rivera as Mm -hmm. they were arriving to Stonewall And that was the moment that set everything in motion. Yeah, people just happened to be there. Finding that out as an adult made a hell of like it. It it made me gayer. (laughs) Well, that because that (laughs) is that makes sense. That's straight up erasure. Exactly. That's what it is. And that is the you you totally. And I'm having this epiphany right now in my brain (gasps) as we're recording. So it's probably not going to come out in the best way. But it just it. Oh, it is infuriating. And it's a a thing that there's actually um, a clip that was used. It was used on some like new show or something of Queen from Tea with Queen and Jay saying, I wish I'd known that she's basically saying, I wish I'd known that there were so many queer black folks that were that were doing things in, in, you know, like in Mm -hmm. history it's more important i think to know about that yeah. than it is to know that they were there mourning the death of judy garland to yes. me that's just a, like
1: a coincidence like yeah i mean it, it is and and it wasn't them gathering that like yeah it's erasure i mean just the same way you know like a drag queen did it and it's like no wasn't a drag queen they were trans people Yes, there were trans people in the 60s. Like, it's all these things that I think, um, you know, it's important that we unpack and kind of bring to the to the surface and place them in the context in which they belong exactly. and uplift those, you know, like the people who are really doing it. Yeah. And anyway, yes. So I, I think that that's a, a very important thing to know.
0: And the element of that, I mean, discovering that your version of... The thing that led to the rights that I as a person have today, the version I have been taught basically the entire first half of my life is a lie is shocking, Mm -hmm. at least for me. It is completely shocking. And then to think about it even further, the fact that I was I was dealt a palatable version of how I have the rights I have today is completely bizarre because there's nothing palatable about the history of LGBTQ folks
1: nothing no, it's nothing. it's it's messy and sad and and so fraught with injustice <laughs> and so the fact
0: that the erasure of of black people and <laughs> queer people uh, uh queer people of color was like the fact that that happened in this story it, it just mm-hmm. i still i think about it sometimes and i get really upset yeah and so i totally understood when i when i saw that when i saw queen you know sharing that on the i forget what the show was called uh but it was a a, a quote of hers it just it's so true it's mm-hmm. so it would we w- you know think of the think of the the type of of agency and 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 voices that we as uh as queer people and 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 then the the queer people of color and queer black folks would have if they had known that their like that that someone who looked like them was fighting for this Mm -hmm. like fighting for our rights yeah think about that you know but no that's the reason i think that's the reason we ended up with that terrible stonewall movie i was just thinking about that and i know i don't
1: care i refuse to watch it
0: i refuse i know i've i tried to get you to watch because i i i personally feel like you need to watch something to have an opinion about it um, we, did, I would, we, I would, did I would, I,
1: I would much rather watch Silver Rivera's speeches on youtube and read about them like i think that there is there is so much um historical documentation about stonewall that if you don't know you don't need to go watch this movie for white people right about stonewall that's and that because they marketed it also as like oh if you want to know what happened at stonewall like come and watch it the stonewall movie there was a movie about stonewall with guillermo diaz in it years ago and it was not like he was trying to dodge the draft i I believe that was kind of the the um i've never seen it i remember it being very you know my like it was on logo it was probably you know part of a marathon that included latter-day saints i mean you know those movies Mm -hmm. that movie's just called latter days by the way oh well latter days um I really enjoyed that movie. But I, I don't think you know, it wasn't purporting to be like a documentary or anything. It was right. just that Stonewall was at the uh like the, the the physical space was at the center of the movie mm-hmm. as like a place. So Right. I thought that was amazing, actually, but it, you know, it didn't I, pretend to be a documentary.
0: I just realized, I realized, I really appreciated that when the trailer for this newer Stonewall movie came out, that everyone was like, no, 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 no. You do not replace the actual, the actual, uh, whether they were calling mm-hmm. Sylvia, um, I'm sorry, whether they were calling Marsha P. Johnson a drag queen or a trans woman, you do not replace her with a white kid from Ohio. No. No, 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 no. But I I, and I appreciate that enough of the information, the right information Mm -hmm. had come out that most most of my Mm -hmm. Facebook feed was like, no, you don't. Exactly. Um, So I just uh, another another component to this was that we were also thinking about, you know, these like these union dues that we have Mm -hmm. to we have to pay to be gay, Um, which is like, you know, a lot of people say that you have to watch the movie Beaches and I'm going to warn you. I'm going to say some unfavorable stuff about Beaches. Okay? I love Beaches.
1: I'm glad you do. But I love it as a movie. I don't think that it's, again, made me any more or less gayer. I just enjoyed it. Exactly.
0: It's, I you know. I don't feel... I feel like a lot of uh, the... Like the an an older generation of LGBTQ folks maybe has a stronger emotional connection to that movie than I do because by the time I watched it, I was confused as to why people thought that this was such a great movie because to me it was on the level of a lifetime movie and so and I get that that's probably going to be incendiary for some folks but it's just lifetime
1: movies are only bad because lifetime has made them bad. Well, that's the fine. You know,
0: I just. I got a hell of a lot more out of watching Big Business, The Mm -hmm. Rose, you know, like if we're talking about introducing uh, Bette Midler to this young queer child's life, I got a hell of a lot more out of watching
1: her in the first Wives Club or in Mm -hmm. Hocus Pocus. Like there there's just also Big Business features a gay couple. And it is it is it's not they're not made fun of because they're gay they're they're sort of the butt of the, of a joke they're butt of a joke but it's um i forget what this youtuber that was talking about like frazier that we were watching the other day the the comedy that ensues in this is because they're both attracted to the, what whatever his face you rune. know rune from from jupiter hollow mm-hmm. because you know they're just like oh wow like you know and i mean that's kind of it it's like i mean like if you and i had like a sexy man who just wants to sleep on our on our whatever here we're gonna be like, oh he's very handsome and be like mm. and the
0: comedy is reciprocal because uh
1: there's a scene where uh one of the men come they come out
0: in a um in a kimono oh my god and rune says to him did you get that in nam and the guy says no i got it in fire island and it's like the comedy is all mm-hmm. there anyway we're not talking about that though but there but there are there are other moments and so like i said for me it was more important to see bet midler in these other roles mm-hmm. than it was to see
1: her in beaches well and I I think with Bette Midler, it's a lot like with Judy Garland. She just goes back, but it's yeah. like Bette Midler is beloved. She's an advocate. She's an ally. She, you know, started her career like literally in the bathhouses in yeah. New York City, and so she is a member of our community in in more ways than one. And so, yeah, go and support her movies. Like that's how I see. But like, not like watching a Bette Midler movie is not going to inform me how to be a better or whatever homosexual i think that it will help you understand a lot of queer references yeah you know that's and that's kind of where i think i'd like to focus in terms of my own is is that there are these movies that are important if you want to understand lingo or colloquialisms like you know how like You know, when I lose weight and like I can fit into a smaller pair of jeans, I go, look, at you know, a waist, a hips. Who knew? And it's like, but that's for me. Right. You know, if somebody didn't get that when I was saying it, I wouldn't be like, oh, how could you not have watched the First Wise Club?
0: I think I think, you know, I think there's. There's the the content itself, and then there's the emotion we attach to it. Those yes, are the two different exactly. things. And just quickly before we continue this conversation, I just want to say we're not pitting Ju- Judy Garland versus Bette Midler. Here. No, this is That's just the direction
1: that the conversation has gone. In. Exactly.
0: I'm I'm not saying that one is better than the other. I'm just what I'm saying mm-hmm. to you is that. I was steered in a particular direction. And and granted, I have told people, you have not seen this movie. How dare you? Your gay card revoked. I've done that. And I regret it because, again, I feel like we have an innate sense. We have a, a certain, like, you, you have things that you're drawn to. And then you have certain uh, intuitions of your own that bring you to things that I don't know. I feel like they sort of shape you, and I know that what I'm about to say is going to sound, you know, cuckoo, kachoo, but fine. As a child, my parents, we we grew up in a town that had a dollar movie theater, right? <laughs> and I remember uh, as a young child going to the movies with my parents and seeing this really tattered, homemade, uh, like what what are those called? Like like an easel back mm-hmm. thing that was maybe eight and a half by oh my 11.
1: God there is actually a technical term for the for that what that is It's called a lobby card a lobby that card. that is what they're called okay yes.
0: so I went to the movies with my parents to this dollar theater and there was a lobby card and on it was a black and white, version of the poster for showgirls. That's the lobby card, the black and white, like the the paper. Right. Yeah. But it was clear that it was a uh, mm-hmm. it was a photocopy. It was not the original, it was a photocopy, mm-hmm. just to be clear. So, uh this lobby card is on is near the concession stand. I believe it was like on top of the the giant thing that that holds all of the popcorn. And where Elizabeth Berkeley's nipples would have been, they replaced it with uh these red lights that blinked and so as a child who did not understand uh granted i was a child that paid attention to things that were more adult and i had watched the episode of um i think it was called siskel and ebert where they reviewed showgirls and they talked about you know the themes and how there's this they they even at that time talked about uh how they they made lesbianism look evil Essentially, in the movie, and how that's that's a that was an old trope that I guess Paul Verhoeven thought was important and he brought it back from
1: the pulp from like those pulp novels, (laughs) yes, where like
0: from those pulp novels, but then also from movies or from from plays like um, the children's hour, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, like where where in general, uh, a lot of gay characters, uh, were looked at as evil and they would, you know, they would either kill themselves or they'd kill someone else, or Mm -hmm. you know, like there was there was this evil. Uh, element to them so uh, so anyway back to this moment I see this in the movie theater and I'm immediately immediately piques my curiosity because it is this thing that just completely stands out and then Fast forward to when I'm a teenager, I'm working at Blockbuster, and I'm putting back a movie, and right next to it is a copy of Showgirls. And I'm like, oh, right, that movie with that weird thing that I saw at the movie theater a couple years ago, and I never watched it. And so, again, my natural curiosity drew me to that movie. And granted, I'm not saying that the movie necessarily shaped me, but there are things in that movie, as bad as that movie was, there are things in that movie that I attach to even this this vacation we just took in Las Vegas. What was one of the things I said to you about uh, a show I wanted to see when we were there? You don't remember. Anyway, I Googled. I specifically Googled
1: what shows. you you wanted to see like a good old-fashioned like Vegas Showgirl show.
0: No. Oh. I wanted to see a show like Goddess from the movie
1: Showgirl. Oh, I
0: specifically wanted that experience.
1: They should have one like that. They would make a like they should have it at the Mirage since they have a volcano. The um
0: the the weird Cirque du Soleil show that we saw, it kind of comes close, I would Zumanity? say. Zumanity? Zumanity comes oh. dangerously yeah. close, I'd say. Uh but you know, I had a I had a natural uh like i i had something that naturally drew me to that mm-hmm. and i feel like in terms of 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 it forming who we are as people you know it, and and again this uh, this concept of like attaching emotion to something i feel like that did a lot more for me than a lot of the movies that people were you know they were pushing me in mm-hmm. different directions um there's this there's a movie called I want to say it's called Jeffrey. That people were like, "You have to watch Jeffrey. You have to watch Jeffrey. You have to watch Jeffrey," and I never, I never saw it. But I just remember that being something that, you know, granted my experience of being gay was uh, shaped a lot by by people from older generations because that's those were the the uh, authority figures essentially at the um, the youth group that I would go to. Mm-hmm. So their their points of reference were. Uh, you know, they were they were a little bit older than mm-hmm. than ones I would have had. Yeah. Uh, but I, I just I I was thinking I was left thinking about that after watching this movie for some yeah, reason. Yeah, and we
1: kind of just naturally started talking about it, and I I I just um, and I think it's because you know oh, you should watch this, you should watch this, and then you watch it and you're like, well, that wasn't very instructive. <laughs> like honestly, like I would love a movie that has a a, a queer lead. Like, you know, I don't care if they're gay, queer, like somebody who is not straight, right? And navigating, who is like navigating through life as a open and, you know, out and proud queer person and how they deal with daily life. That is what everybody, you know, in our community should watch. I think that that is like, oh, you haven't seen like you haven't seen like the instruction tape. Like, you need to watch this. I mean, and I'm sure that there are movies that do this. Like, you know, if you have not seen Moonlight, I think it is very important if you are a queer person to watch Moonlight because it, you know, depicts the, you know, in in internal struggle and uh, of somebody who is coming to terms with their own sexuality as well as being a person of color and being male. And, you know, these things which are very real issues that will help you know like if if it if it helps you and you've seen it then you can pass it along as a as something that you think someone should watch but to to... just to be
0: clear chiron was learning how to be black a bit learning to be gay as a black person because you said person of color and
1: i would rather specifically black black because he is black he is black um so that's important i think i think that's very important and and it came out at a very pivotal time um and I would add to that that there's
0: an element of Chiron's relationship with Mahershala's character mm-hmm. that gives you this sense that it's not always wrong to be gay which e- I think exactly. is a super important uh, mm-hmm.
1: that's an a super important point to drive home yes if it does that it is important if it like one of the movies that I had not seen actually you you're the one let's so let's watch it was Torch Song trilogy and I really I thought, like, that did shape me, even though I was well well into my 30s when we watched it. Yeah. It, um, it, you know, like, friendships and relationships in the 80s and, and how gay men were navigating that. Like, yes, they are, I think there's only one person of color in that movie, but... Right? I don't I don't remember, I don't remember, but um and I always say that because it's like m- maybe it's not for you because it, they don't look like you, you know right. like these are not people that you can relate to but um something like that, Philadelphia perhaps, you know to get an idea of you know what it was like trying to fight for you know rights as uh, as somebody who had who had HIV in the 80s mm-hmm. and those things are important, but to to place so much important value on something that if you don't watch it, like your gay cards revoked, Mm -hmm. I think that that is just, it, it is something that as I get older, I'm like, I hope that I never do that to somebody, you know, that, that some young queer person who's like, doesn't get a reference or whatever. And it's like, just because somebody does not get a reference does not mean that they are any more or less tapped in. There's no, you know perfect way to be uh you know uh like a a, a queer person or anything like that it mm-hmm. is just literally like you are you and maybe you don't like lady gaga maybe you don't like madonna maybe you hate the wizard of oz you think that midler's annoying like there might be tons <laughs> of things right and those do not reflect my views but <laughs> like like a, a boyfriend of a fr- of a former friend of ours was once talking about Madonna, and I just, like, yes, she's important, and yes, all all of that, right? But that is not... Actually, I didn't even start listening to Madonna's music until I was in my 20s. yeah. Because I was listening to, like, the Eurythmics, and David Bowie, and Annie Lennox, and Stevie Nicks. Like, those are my queer icons in terms of music because of what they appeal to in me. So I was just mentioning this to this person, and he was like... Oh, how like you don't think she's perfect? Oh, gay card revoked. And I looked at him and I said, What? And I go, Shut up. I go, Who are you to give out the gay cards? You know, and I forget, I said something like, not nasty to him, but I, I think I called Madonna tacky or something. And he was like, Oh, and I'm like, Just like, ease up. Pretty like, accurate assessment. I mean, As you know, a Madonna and, and, fan, but yeah, but you know
0: who I'm talking about, right, Robert? I don't, but I'm excited oh, to find out during the break. Same starts with
1: an S, ends with a T. Oh.
0: Um, still, still didn't, still didn't answer any questions for me. Um, well, we're gonna take a break, uh, but we are interested to see if you have any thoughts on this subject. Uh, be sure to uh, tweet at us or uh, comment on our any of our social media links, um, or send us an email. Whatever you, whatever you want to do, we want to hear what you think about this particular topic. Um, so we're gonna take a break, but when we come back, we're gonna get into the keto corner, and we got something that we're
1: actually really excited about so
0: stick around we'll be right back
1: today's episode is brought to you by warby parker an eye care brand that offers chic and modern eyewear at a revolutionary price simply put your glasses shouldn't cost as much as a meet and greet with james charles warby parker's prescription glasses start at 95 dollars, and they offer great customer service i should know and they do sunglasses too Buying glasses should be easy and risk-free, girl. Warby
0: Parker's home try-on program lets you fall in love with your glasses in the comfort of your own home. Who doesn't love that?
1: (laughs) Choose up to five frames from hundreds of stylish options and have them shipped directly to you for free. That way you can try on all the frames
0: and pick your favorite.
1: And for every pair of glasses sold, Warby Parker distributes a pair of glasses to someone in need. We don't need people seeing things blurry.
0: And Daniel wears Warby Parker, and now he can actually see me.
1: And I'm now considering a divorce. Hey! To get started, head over to warbyparkertrialcom slash kiki. Wait, 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 wait. Warby Porker? That's oh, a
0: very different website. I was projecting. Very different.
1: I mean, I project in all directions. Give them give them that yeah. link one more time. Oh, Sorry. To get started, head over to WarbyParkerTrial.com slash Kiki. Again, that's WarbyParkerTrial.com
0: slash Kiki. Warby Parker, modern eyewear made simple. Don't Google Warby Porker. You'll regret it. We're back.
1: And what is in our keto corner this week? This week in the Keto Corner, we have our Keto Cap'n Crunch cereal recipe from Amber's Keto Kitchen. Um, And we have a video of it up now on our YouTube, which is at uh, grizzlykiki.com slash YouTube.
0: Yeah, it's a really interesting recipe. Super simple. Mm -hmm. I actually made it wrong. Deceptively simple. Like, not
1: deceptively simple, but terribly simple.
0: Right. I actually made it wrong. Uh, Which you can see in the video, you're supposed to use confectioner's swerve and I used regular swerve, but it didn't, it didn't affect the taste. At least not, I mean, I wouldn't know because I didn't make it right, (laughs) but it, it, it still tasted like cereal to me.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it just, you know, for like a smoother texture, you would use confectioners uh, like a a powdered sweetener.
0: The other thing that was really interesting. So whenever I've had, you know, commercially bought Mm -hmm. cereal with almond milk, it tastes like crap. It tastes like you're having cereal and there's water in it. Uh, mm-hmm. and so i think what was nice about this is that it flavored the milk and it really gives you uh you know if we're talking about you know keto drags it's really giving you cereal mm-hmm. it's passing a cereal if we're, <laughs> if we're heading that route um it really cereals was with really tasty with cow's milk in it yeah. essentially cuz i did have it
1: with mm-hmm. almond milk so uh it was really good
0: yeah it was really really good i'm curious
1: I would not eat too much of it. Well, that's the only thing just because um, like if if, I think if we make it again, I would lighten up on the sweetener a little bit, like just pull back because it was very sweet. But um, just uh, less is more with this. Like Mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't say that it's actually like you should not have this as like cereal for breakfast. Well,
0: that's where I was about to go. I wonder if anyone has this for breakfast every morning and what it does to them. Oh my god. Cuz we have been experimenting with different sweeteners and we've noticed that there's a little bit of a sugar rush that does happen mm-hmm. with certain sweeteners. <gasps> Except for so. the new one that we tried out, which was nice. You didn't feel a sugar rush with no. the
1: with the xylitol? With the xylitol? No, it was it was just like I was e- literally eating something that was regular, you know. That's like, with You're talking
0: about eating it plain or the marshmallows? Both. Oh, but And
1: I, I would be curious if we'd made the, the cookies with that, what that would have been like. Yeah. Or even what the regulars yeah. were. And but this anyway. is for a, a very exciting video. Yeah. I'm, I'm very excited about this recipe. Yeah. But that'll be out in
0: It'll two be- weeks. We're going to put it out for Valentine's Day. because yeah. I think it'd be a nice little nice way to to show show your love for yourself or someone mm. else. <laughs> Give sweets to your sweetie. Um, OK, we're we, we have to jump into I'm so excited right now. So it's time for I'm so excited.
1: I'm so excited! I'm so excited! Me siento muy excited! <laughs>
0: <laughs> and this week, we mean it. What are we yeah. talking
1: about? So we're talking about the leak of Lady Gaga's new song, Stupid Love, which leaked, I think, if we're to believe this, about two, three weeks ahead of... This like mystery February seventh date that's been th- like floating around for a well, while.
0: Yeah, we don't know. Yeah, we definitely don't know yet if 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 this is even gonna be part of a the single album. Because remember, what was it? Brooklyn Nights. Remember that one?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about her. Yeah. Oh, but that was that was obviously like the only thing that ever came out from that was like a demo. Right. It wasn't like a fully mastered track, but there's obviously the fully mastered track for this that came out because it's, it's as far as we know it's encoded and everything like the the i i looked into the like you can look inside the file and this mm-hmm. one was made to be like uploaded Released. and sent to the masses yeah um i hope it's that... even embedded with like its track like oh with the the,
0: the track number mm-hmm. from the album yeah. that it belongs to essentially mm-hmm. I hope that this
1: becomes a single because I love it. I loved it upon first listening to it from the very when you started playing it at five a.m. when you woke up in the middle of the night, and I was like, listen to it like in the morning. You started to play it, and I was like, stop because I will be up. It was that good.
0: Well, so. Let me, let me tell you a little something about that. So I have since starting to drink more water, I have been getting up in the middle of the night to use the bathroom. That's just science. Uh, and so one, the, the morning, uh, the morning that it leaked, uh, something told me, go on Twitter. Don't go to bed just yet. Go on Twitter. Yeah. And so I was scrolling through Twitter and I know I always turn the, the brightness on my screen all the way down. I turn the volume down I turned like, I thought I'd done all of that. And I thought I was clicking on a photo which looked like a photo of Lady Gaga's new single artwork. And it was a video that played the song. And so, and then that ended up, even though I, I closed it and you didn't actually wake up until after I'd closed it. And it was like silent in the room. That was
1: oh, when sorry. you were like, <gasps> I heard it in my sleep. Yeah. I knew. Yeah. I knew you were dancing. To See, it even as we just had this conversation about like, what does it make you gay or <laughs> th- this? She has the power. <laughs> I I literally have never been excited about a musician the way I have been about Lady Gaga since, like, I found out about her. Mm -hmm. Other than, like, Annie Lennox or Stevie Nicks. I mean... Like, quite honestly. She's... She excites me to that level. Yeah. Um, I was an insipid, ride-or-die
0: Madonna fan before I met Lady Gaga. And then I switched to Gaga and never looked back. I mean, I'm still a Madonna fan. But, you know, her 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 actions and her music and all that stuff as of late has been a a little bit more than disappointing, I'd say. Uh, But anyway, we're not here to talk about her. Uh, So I really hope that this becomes her next single. I hope we get a performance in the next week or two.
1: Maybe the night that we're recording this. Maybe. Because recording this tonight at the Grammys. Yeah.
0: I don't think... I think if she performs tonight, it's yeah, going to be shallow. Be, it's going to be shallow. Yeah. It's definitely going to be shallow. Um, uh, so, um, but I'm I'm really, really excited for this era of Gaga, even though we know that financially we're not getting an era like a... Uh, you know, we're going to get like...
1: Oh, you mean like all the bells and whistles
0: and... Okay. Let me correct my statement. We're not getting an art pop looking era. If that makes... We or a, an we... art pop um i when i when i'm referring to art pop i mean there was a, a lot of volume
1: you mean the art rave the like little the, video clips the out like the flying dress oh my
0: god the um, volantis the Vol-
1: volantis volantis the mm-hmm. app do you remember the app oh my god the app yes and LittleMonsters.com. isn't that when that launched as well or was that like slightly before? I think that was before because oh. she was
0: referring to her fans as Little Monsters as far back as the mm-hmm. Fame Monster.
1: No, but I so. didn't know if there was like a website because I feel like anyway. I think they launched it after oh.
0: after the Fame Monster. Yeah, uh, But um, I'm just I'm really if if this is a preview of what her music is going to sound like on this album, I'm in. This? So speaking
1: of Annie Lennox. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> First time I listened to this all the way through, I was like oh i know it is it is it is 80s like synth pop like she and i mean I, i'm not saying she's copying her this is not what i'm saying mm-hmm. but it 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 excites me in the way that annie lennox voice does and what she does because she does a lot of things with it things that shouldn't work do because it's almost like spoken sometimes mm-hmm. and it's great like and that's why i'm glad that we found that second version of the track cuz it's much more I mean it's mastered like it's it it you can hear everything and it's it's just a good pop song and I really want that from her mm-hmm. um yeah I'm very excited yeah and like an 80s tinged thing yes more like it doesn't all have to be doesn't it have to be so deep
0: yeah I'm I'm um I'm hoping that we are getting uh, a lot of eighty synth. I mean, a, a Born This Way sequel would be lovely. Mm-hmm. I would, I would be into that a lot. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Ugh. I, I really do. I really do hope that that we get some other than the tweet that she put out. That we get some like symbol. And do you know she got flack for that, right? From is it Shutterstock? From Shutterstock. Yeah. Yeah. That was so dumb. It was so dumb because she was obviously referencing. Uh, she was obviously referencing other tweets that had been made about people when they're listening to And they were
1: using that, like, photo.
0: Right. So it's like... And using a photo with a watermark on it doesn't mean you stole it. It just means that you are using the photo that
1: was available. Like the preview photo. It's like when you go to buy a a stock image. I mean, I just think it was a bit much for for Shutterstock to be like... It was too much. Don't use our image.
0: Yeah, uh, support the artist. It's like, no one's making money off this tweet. No one it's is making money off this a tweet. a little boy in a ski mask listening to a very old iPod. I thought it was like a tape. Or maybe it is an iPod. I, I saw a tape deck. But like anyway. one of the like, you know. One of the spinny, one mm-hmm. of the ones where the wheel spins. Maybe, I don't
1: know. <laughs> yeah. Throwback. I want more. Uh, Yeah, I'm i I'm Well, she's doing that more, AT&T too. concert thing on February 1st. Yeah. For the for the super bowl Bowl. yeah yeah so who knows i feel like that could be the thing um that could be the moment where she shares it with Mm -hmm. the world officially yeah i would love it if an album was released with no fanfare like it would just be it would be the one thing she has not done (laughs) i think in terms of releasing an album um i don't want to be given or like fed an opinion based on marketing before i listened to an album yeah i mean yeah i think beyonce's done it twice yeah yeah and
0: uh beyonce's done it probably about three or four times at this point
1: i would oh i was thinking specifically of beyonce like the self-titled visual album and then lemonade yeah so i would
0: i would have added uh everything is love to that and then oh, I would right. I even though we I guess we knew the gift was coming. Or no we didn't know the gift was coming. So that that is another Beyonce oh, yeah. album. Yeah. yeah. Um but uh I think the worst thing they could have done for art pop was when Jimmy Ivine said it was the
1: best album since Thriller. Because it just was you can't say that. <laughs> because it just
0: wasn't regardless
1: of what Michael did. No that song it like that that no that's its own i also don't think that jimmy Iovine knows
0: enough about thriller to compare it to anything let alone art oh pop. did he not work on it i don't i don't know oh. i'm just saying i i don't just knowing the little bit that i do about
1: jimmy Iovine, i don't think he
0: i don't think he has the range to be compared
1: that whole era should have been anything. called lady gaga stars in gaslighting the movie yeah which actually was a movie but the sequel i still think art pop should have been an ep but anyway that's I mean, me. we have differing opinions yeah. about that.
0: But. Maybe we'll get into it one day on the podcast. Maybe you Ugh. want to hear about
1: that. Who no, knows? I,
0: mm. I love talking about Lady Gaga. It's one of the things. Oh, I'm I do. I do
1: too. I think about. she's fascinating. Yeah. But I also think she has the, you know, she's the, the, the chops to back it up, I guess. Like the hype. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. I, I, I believe the hype. I'm yeah. there for it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, Uh. I think. I think we can close it out. Did we cover everything? Yes. We did. Well, good. So that brings us to the end of another
0: episode. Yes, we are Grizzly Kiki on everything. That means Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So be sure to follow us there. You can send your questions to grizzlykiki at gmail.com. And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this podcast.
1: So until next time, Bye. bye.